Slimesters and Gagoids for tuning in to this episode of Splat Attack, and I do have to give a bit of a disclaimer. The original plan for this episode was going to be a bonus episode that was going to be on our Patreon, but due to Halloween and very busy schedules for both Brett and myself, Patreon has not yet hit its full swing. That is something that we are going to be working on for some amazing, fun, bonus content. So we decided to use this episode as our episode 8. But with this comes a bit of adult humor, a little crude humor, so definitely not something for the kids. We do get a little dark at a few places. Ye be warned, grab some shots, because we do have a drinking game that goes on. And we will see you all in the temple. Submit it for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, joy! Let's rock! It makes me wanna fight! Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have it? Baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. On your mark, get set. Oh, here it goes! Welcome to Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the slime-filled past. I am your host, Brett. I am your other host, Alex. Do you have your bags packed? <laughs> yes, do I have my bags packed? Oh, we're, are we taking a trip? Yeah, we're going into the jungle, man. Get with the program. Oh. We're, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not going to Survivor. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you uh, eat wood or um, other crazy stuff they do on those reality TV shows. But we're actually going deep into the jungle because we're going to discover legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh yeah, Olmec's going to be joining us for this episode too. Um, believe it or not guys, you know, the, the Legends of the Hidden Temple reboots here came out October 11th, so we're celebrating it by doing a very special bonus episode where we talk about the 20 most memorable temple runs from Legends of the Hidden Temple, back from the 90s of course. <laughs> Nothing to do with the 2016 movie. <laughs> and and I do feel that we need to mention that this is not necessarily the best 20 temple runs. It is the most memorable because there are good, bad, and just flat out weird. So And ugly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have the whole gamut here for you guys. So if you can bear with us, you're gonna you're gonna see our personal picks and why we pick them, because they stand out in our minds so vividly even today. Uh, basically, the criteria for our list is that the temple runs have to be exciting in some way, even or fast-paced. Kids should know what they're doing and have a strategy or at least think well on their feet. They may not necessarily have to get out of the temple, but they need to at least put in a strong effort or get to the artifact for them to qualify for a higher spot on the list. Uh, for the, the worst temple runners, are tend to be slow, sluggish, miss pendants hidden in the temple, get taken out easily, or, of course, mess up the silver monkey. <laughs> so that's going to cost you. <laughs> uh, they also need some sort of element that helps them stand out from the rest um, from doing the run. So, like, maybe they do a special maneuver that gets them through a, move, uh, a room uh, past the temple guard, or maybe they thought of something clever to get through this this obstacle that that would help them or even you know having a strong temple game um, performance leading up to the temple will certainly help their odds too so uh, without further ado we're just gonna jump right into it into the thick of the list there's 20 episodes to go through and we figured 20 instead of 10 or 5 because the whole series ran for 120 episodes across 
three seasons, back from 1993 to 1995. So I figured, you know, with this amount, you get a nice, healthy portion of the good, the bad, the ugly, the weird, and everything in between. So this isn't Temple Run like the mobile game, by any chance? Heck no. (laughs) (laughs) Heck no. This is the hardcore kind where creepy-ass Temple Guards will... Shout out, jump in your face, they will attempt to rape and murder you, and they will leave you for dead with a blood trail behind you. So you better watch out, because we're going we're gonna to have to arm ourselves as we head deep into this list. So this is the Schneider cut. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. We're not going that far. What, rape and murder is okay? I just realized okay? what you said. We do, we do not associate with him in any way, nope. shape, or form. We're, nope. we're just going to clear that up right now. Nor do we condone rape or murder. At all. No. So there's there's just gonna be a little bit of, of swearing because some of these kids are very frustrating to watch. Alright, let's let's dive in. Olmec, what is our number twenty spot? The legend of the dried apple half of William Tell. Alrighty then. Um well to start off with the stats, because Legends is a very stat heavy show if you're really into it like me. It is episode ninety nine, which would make it season three, episode nineteen. And the team that got into the temple is the Green Monkeys, specifically Brett and Lauren. And no, that's not me, although I wish I were on the show for this episode (laughs) because that was one of my lifelong dreams that I never got fulfilled because I was too young to audition and I also didn't live in Florida and my parents didn't want me to go. Um, But this is the artifact is located in the Room of the Ancient Warriors and it is Temple Layout 3-1, which means it's Season 3, Configuration 1. Sadly, only season three had one configuration, which kind of grinds my gears, but, you know, it is what it is. It's because they are able to do more fancy gimmicks for the rooms instead of just hit a button and then go through to the next one, like in season one. The outcome is that they ran out of time. I almost put a similar episode that was like two episodes before in season three called The Discarded Seal of Ivan the Terrible here for its heartbreaking outcome, not to mention identical temple games and prizes. But I ultimately decided to choose Dried Apple Half after going back and forth a couple times. Uh, basically because it was a really brutal layout. They had a lot of like blocked blocked rooms that just made it difficult for them to even make any any noticeable progress in like expected amounts of time. And despite the fact that the team was set up for success with two pendants, one in the temple games, it just got real ugly real quick. This was a Dune Temple run from the moment... Brett, not not me, but other Brett, had to go into the ledges from the crypt to to encounter a temple guard who grabbed at him from the very bottom of the ledges, which is like a Are You Afraid of Dark worthy moment, I have to say. You know, to be caught down in those dark, dank ledges and then just have someone grab you like 10 seconds into the temple run, not a good way to start. Yeah, you always you always know. I mean, it's it's been... Anyone who's ever really taken the time to listen to anything Legends of the Hidden Temple or any interviews, it's no surprise by now that Nickelodeon and Viacom was incredibly difficult in wanting to give away prizes, uh, especially grand prizes. So there was always the same number of winners every season, and you knew which one was going to was set up for failure when you've got a temple guard as soon as you walked in. Unfortunately, yes, they had budget constraints, so they couldn't give away prizes willy-nilly, although I wish they were a little bit more lenient with some of them. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, anyone can fact-check me if they want, 
but there were 10 successful temple runs that were complete victories with grand prizes for both season two and season three and i think season one had between 13 to 15 yeah out of 40 episodes each season that's not a lot no that's that's really difficult and sometimes it just comes down to luck uh temple guard placement dead ends and rooms uh having a slow player or dim-witted player it's just a whole bunch of variables but for this one oh boy it was like a whole bunch of them wrapped up in a bag that was like full of screaming kittens ready to be drowned it was that like painful (laughs) yeah so what what happened is once brett other brett got out of the ledges and climbed into the pit of the pendulum where you know you swing on the little rope thing and knock over the the column, which you typically go into the Tomb of the Headless Kings after that, um, they actually opened up the King's storeroom, which is a pain because now you have to climb up through all those foam blocks all the way up to the highest room of the temple in the central shaft of the temple and waste time breaking those pots, finding a key to put it in, and hope that a temple guard doesn't actually catch you. Through all that, he wasted good 25 seconds putting the key in the right slot. I didn't hold it against him necessarily, but he did waste a lot of time getting in there and breaking the pots because that's just a more naturally involved room, even when it was placed above the Jester's Court in Season 2. From there, he went down into the Room of the Sacred Markers to do another temple task that took up considerable time. And by now, I was hoping he would at least get into the Room of the Ancient Warriors because of you know, taking up at least two-thirds of the, the clock doing all this stuff because my frustration is building. But as, as of course, he had, he had to go down into the Tomb of the Headless Kings from the top. So it was like a big, like, M shape on the little, on the little temple, like, play-by-play map in the, in the lower left corner, which is like, oh, who, who thought of this, man? All the, all the while he's, like, on the struggle bus doing that, his teammate Lauren is constantly barking orders at him and not helping with the pressure. He's going to be heading to the King's storeroom. Once it's her time to get in there and try and reach the artifact, she does the opposite of hustle because at least Brett had a decent energy going through it, even though he had to go literally the worst route possible to this room. He had a decent energy. And while I give her credit for finding a shortcut to Brett's open rooms, it was ultimately in vain because the producers clearly had no intention of letting this team win in any way, shape, or form. Chances are it's the last taping of the day because they did do around five to six episodes per day as we heard from joe in the episode of the the warfare of the 47 ronin that we recently did and you know after like 11 12 hours of just like doing all moat segments doing all temple game segments doing all temple run segments and waiting your turn it's just like you know i i can't imagine anyone has a lot of energy at like 11 30 at night at nickelodeon studios no matter if you're like staff or a con- contestant but nope you know, once Lauren got in there, she just took her time with no sense of urgency. Probably was delirious, didn't even know she was in a temple run. And, you know, combined with bad temple guard uh, placement, most likely due to the producers rigging things for this particular outcome, it was just a bad time. I mean, it was so bad, I really wanted to smash my TV after this episode. And never has any temple run made my blood boil like this one. And, and not to mention that when... They were backstage when the t- uh, the contestants were back in the green room, and they were playing video games because they had video game setups back there, and their diet was pretty much pizza and coke, 
And after yeah, it doesn't help. And after having that all day long, and then now it's eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, your your body's wore out, especially for a child. Yeah, yeah. So you know they ran they ran out of time. You know, Lauren was just like, I can't do this anymore. And even Kurt, you can hear the stain in his voice. And I, I just she burned all her energy in yelling. So much so that when when they cut to the credits of like Brett just standing and Kurt waving to the audience for like 30 seconds, we don't even see her reunite with them at the end like the teammates <laughs> usually do. She's still fumbling in the pit of despair when we cut to the Stone Stanley Productions screen that says, hmm, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're done with this episode. Screw these kids. Have a nice night. It, it's unfortunate that what happened happened because in general, I like the story of William Tell in history. I like the fact that the Green Monkeys made it to the temple. And I like the fact that a person that shared my name was a contestant that went through the temple. But unfortunately, that's not enough to save this bottom spot. So with enough of my ranting, I promise it will get better and better as we go up the list. Thank you for sticking through it with me so far. All right, moving on to number 19, Olmec. Which legend do we have next? The legend of the golden cricket cage of Khan. Episode 6, which is early on, season 1, episode 6, and it features the silver snakes, John and Tia. Uh, the artifact location is in the spider's lair, which I think is a pretty creepy temple layout, if I do say so myself, or at least the temple room. It was uh, layout 1, configuration 2. And for my overview, I, I just have to say it's not as frustrating as the previous mention because I really laid into that one. But definitely... I have to say it's the dumbest temple run ever, like by a mile. I lost brain cells watching both of these players <laughs> constantly backtrack between the cave of size, the throne room, and the heart room. And it doesn't help that John also got hit with a double whammy of temple guards during his stroll between the throne room and the heart room. So that doesn't help. But what makes things worse is even with an ample minute 35 left on the clock, Tia's equally slow and dumb retracing John's meandering steps and even climbing over the stairwell of the observatory between the wall climb and the heart room. It's wild. Like, where'd she think she's going? <laughs> Into the backstage somewhere? I don't know. Where the temple guards are sleeping, maybe. The fact that they ran out of time at the wall climb just says it all. If there's anything positive I can say about this run, they use both crawl tubes leaving out of the cape of size, which is kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> but in, in general, just spare yourself the three minutes. This is... It's not fun. It's stupid in every form of the word. I don't recommend it. I mean, yes, uh, we understand that these temple runs can be highly stressful. But what is even more amazing to me is that when we had our interview with Joe, he told us ahead of time, before they got to film the episode, before they even got to do their game, everybody had the opportunity to go through the temple and at least get a general idea. And you would imagine that if you are player number two through the temple, just follow the path that your previous partner had gone through and just right. keep trucking. I mean, even if, if your teammates are mismatched intelligence-wise, it's a safe bet to just retrace their steps because they've already cleared all that space. You don't have to yep. run into temple guards again. You know, you can make up for lost time if you blaze through all those open doors and get to where you have to continue to carve out the path to get to the artifact. It just doesn't make sense to go your own way. But here it was just like, she was just fumbling in a circle around the central shaft and didn't know what to do. And when time ran out during 
this temple run, you know, she was just hanging by the wall climb, like for dear life. Like she didn't know what to do. She's just going to hang out and fall into the, the styrofoam peanuts in the pit. That's all you can do at that point. But moving on slightly better at number 18, Olmec, which legend do we have for this spot? The legend of Blackbeard's treasure map. You know, it sounds exciting with the fact that it's going to involve pirates, but you might want to think again. This is episode one, season one, episode one, and it features the Red Jaguar, Sabrina and James. And the artifact location is in the Tomb of the Ancient King, and the layout is season one, configuration five. Um, For anyone who's following along with this episode and like wondering what the heck are these layout configurations, uh, there's a website called the King's Storeroom that's been made a long time ago. Like, it still looks like it's from the AOL instant messaging era with its website design. But, ugliness aside, it is still a highly reliable, highly detailed website where you can check out all your fun Legends of the Hidden Temple facts. And I use this largely in part for research of this episode in addition to revisiting these episodes. So if you want to check out what the specific layouts are for, you know, these different seasons, especially since season one had nine different configurations and season two had five different configurations, then you can just head on over there and follow along and see what kind of rooms they had to encounter during the temple runs. But getting back to Blackbeard's treasure map, this temple run was a clunky disaster due to a slow-witted, slow-moving, unlucky player, namely Sabrina, because it was a solo run out of time, which is very embarrassing. (laughs) Uh, James never even had a chance to show his skills off, and anytime contestants fail to make it past the center of the temple, you know it's going to be a train wreck. Given this this was the first episode ever taped, not aired, so uh, chances are they still have to figure out like the timing of unlocking the doors on the production side or making yeah. sure the wiring worked, which, spoiler, it didn't. So we were left with one instance where the player was stonewalled in the wheel room, and that was just, that was heartbreaking. Here goes. Open sesame. Keep going. The door is revealed. Now all you just have to do is open it. Oh, it won't open. You have to try another one. Go back up. They shouldn't even have aired this episode because of the outcome. Um, it, it's not as pain, quite as painful as Cricket Cage of Khan or Dried Apple Half of William Tell, but it definitely feels like bare bones and just like it, it felt like a practice run. Like it shouldn't have happened because this is this was a temple runner who was just getting used to everything and was just confused in every single room she went through. And the fact that she got blocked in the second room really did not help her at all as notorious as the series is for being difficult there are more than one occasions when i really feel like the players got screwed by the production yeah. team and by i mean yeah everyone's gotten screwed at some well not everyone but a lot of players were screwed for the simple fact of the don't give out the prize we're on a budget constraint but Things like this, with the the locking doors that won't open in time, that sure. should not have been counted against them. They, I do know that they do so many of these episodes a day, and they've with it being their first episode, they were recording that. There's no telling how many botched attempts that we did not see, but right. still, I, I absolutely hate to see when things that are beyond the contestants control are counted against them. Yeah. I'm, I, I almost feel like they were still building the, the props and the, the set itself when they were making this, just because it just 
something about it felt very clunky and unfinished. Yep. I mean, when when you go back and watch the episode, they don't even have the typical like when when they're doing the moat legend and you see like the person inside the moat, they don't have anything there. And it's like, well, what's going to happen? Is Loch Ness monster or the creature of the Black Lagoon going to pop out and grab someone? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe nothing. Yeah, it's just it's rough. It's rough. I'll leave it at that. But moving on, number 17, Olmec. What is our legend for this spot? The legend of the broken trident of Poseidon. You know, because I love Greek mythology, you'd think I'd like this one. But nope, <laughs> this is this is pretty low on my list. Not not necessary for the mythology, because I think the legend in the tale was perfectly fine. It talks about the, the Greek god of the sea, Poseidon, or Neptune, depending on what you prefer, Greek-Roman, and um, how he broke his trident, like essentially forming a tsunami and how do i put it the gods fought a lot back in greek mythology so it was a it was a casualty of war we'll, we'll simplify it as that yeah they had a thanksgiving but, dinner yeah yeah he was trying to grab the the last turkey leg with his trident <laughs> fork <laughs> poseidon no tridents at the table mom where's your knife equivalent <laughs> the sword but this was uh, episode 106, season 3, episode 26, so pretty late on in the series. And it featured the, the Silver Snakes, Kim and Tony. And the artifact was located in the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. And of course, because it's season 3, it was layout 3-1. Uh, the outcome is that it was a solo retrieved artifact. So they actually got to the Broken Trident, but they ran out of time. And why do you think that is? <laughs> well... <laughs> That's because... This is one of the dumbest moves I've seen. It should be lower for that alone, but it's it's less clunky than Blackbeard, so it gets pushed up. Uh, it, it's a massive disappointment, largely in part not by the Temple Runner's performance in retrieving the artifact, but in her escape. Kim had everything going for her, and I mean everything. A clear path to on the lower level, zero Temple Guards in sight, guess they went on vacation, you know. <laughs> and, she, and, and she got to the artifact with... 49 seconds left on the clock. So usually around like 40 to a minute, if you can get to the artifact in time, you're going to have at least a healthy 10 seconds left on the clock when you get out of the temple. I've I've watched enough episodes where I timed it out that way. And I also based it on other successful runs where I, I notice a pattern when you get to X point in the temple. She could have gotten out pretty easily, but the the problem was two twofold. So one, she dropped the trident thinking she had to do the Room of the Ancient Warriors gimmick, which is like, pull down the roller coaster style handlebars in the three armors to get into the heart room to escape. And she left it there after she did that gimmick, which she didn't need to do in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's one mark against her that cost her a lot of time as she was going into the room of sacred markers. And two, she went down instead of across the high road to get out. For those of you who are veteran legends of the hidden temple fans, never take the low road out. Always go the high road across you know the top floor into the observatory and out across the trouble bridge if it's there if not then the ledges through the crypt and out because it is just the quickest way to get out unless you're trying to pull a personal record where you cover all 12 rooms of the temple trying to get out which one team has done and has still successfully gotten out i forgot which artifact specifically but i know they've done it in my research recently um, don't do that. <laughs> don't think about it. Just get out. That's that's all you have to think about. She was probably overridden with anxiety after she lost the trident, and she went down instead of the high road. What amazes me is the amount of times that they have to say, get the trident. You've dropped the trident. Go, go, get 
the trident. The, the amount of times we heard Kirk have to say that to her before she found, oh, maybe I should get the trident is ridiculous. Yeah, we should we should hear it from him himself here. Now she's in the room. She's in the room. She's got the trident. Get out. All the doors are open. There she goes. Keep going. No, she's got the trident. Get the trident! Get the trident! No, she left the trident! Twenty-nine seconds and she left the trident! She's got the object! She had the ranch! Now it's gonna be close! Yeah, yeah, I'm with Kirk on that. You know, it's you can just hear his frustration and the audience is like, come on, what are you doing? It's like a moment where you throw popcorn. At, at, the, at the screen because you know they're not doing what you want them to do even though they should do what you think they're doing or you want them to do if that makes any sense um but yeah he he knew it was over once she got into the tomb of headless kings and you you, you can feel the weight way of sorrow way down on him once you know it they timed out and her partner tony unfortunately accepted their fate uh it's a heartbreaking end to the silver snakes powerhouse performance otherwise um, you know, through the Temple Games and the Deception Knowledge leading to this, but that's why it's on the list. If you have the artifact, you better hold on to it the entire way out. And run. Just run. Ah. <laughs> I promise that they're, they're going to get better from here. We're, we're almost out of the neck of the woods for the bad Temple but run. But you've got to start low and work your way up. That's how, ca- yeah. that's how countdowns work. We, we like to end on a high note, too. So it's, it's not all doom and gloom. But moving on to the the number 16 spot, Olmec, what legend do we have here? The legend of the keys to the Alhambra. Sounds mysterious. Like a prison from another land. The keys to Harambe? (laughs) The keys to Harambe? Yeah. What? Yeah. Didn't he, like, pass away, like, in 2016 because he got put to death after, like, killing a kid? Yeah. That was one angry green monkey. (laughs) Temple guards took care of him. Yeah, the temple guards really show no pre- prejudice. They'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll take out a, a contestant or an animal. It doesn't matter what you put in there. Just beware. They're scary. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this one uh, was episode 10, season 1, episode 10, another season 1-1. One, one. So, as you can expect, there are some production errors here. Uh, it features another Red Jaguar team, this time Steve and Lisa. The artifact location was in the dungeon, and it was Temple Layout 1-3. And what happened is they ran out of time. Man, if Blackbeard's treasure map is frustrating to watch, then Alhambra makes it look like a joyride. More so due to the ground they covered. What exactly do I mean by that? Well, Red Jaguar Steve is a very fast, competent player, as you see in the episode. But due to the misfortune of encountering two temple guards and also experiencing a double block from a stone wall and a production error, preventing either him or his teammate Lisa from entering the Shrine of the Silver Monkey from the Tomb of the Ancient Kings. There honestly wasn't much else Lisa could do. Instead of trying to find another way to the artifacts, like maybe go up in the middle room, past, you know, the throne room, she backtracked all the way to the entrance with her a lot of time left. Like she just put up the white flag and waved it and like, I don't want that trip to space camp. It's not worth it. I'm not going to bust through this foam wall, even though it clearly won't budge, but should. Uh, I I wish you just tried a little bit harder before giving up. That's what's most frustrating to me because Steve did a really great job getting that far. It's just, you know, when production errors and dead ends work against you, what else can you do? You have to find another way. You should want to be motivated with a sense of urgency to get that grand prize no matter what. 
But Lisa was just like, I don't know where the key is. I don't know how to go up. I don't know how to go through this foam rock wall. I guess I'll go back. Yeah, the fight or flight. Definitely flight with this one. She's heading through the uh, Temple of the Ancient Kings. Now she's got to find it. Find a lock. Find a lock that'll open up. That did. What opened up? She's going to push through that? No, that, that, that's not going to do it. There's another room. What's open? Still got to find her way. She's got a minute 36. She's going to have to try another door. Maybe the other one. Keep trying the doors. Keep trying the doors. The other door that's open, maybe, huh? You want to try it? That's, you're heading back into the, into the uh, spider's lair. Climbing back out. Maybe she's gonna go back. Maybe she's got a better idea. Maybe she's gonna go to the throne room. I think she wants to go up. Yeah, the st- <laughs> the wind definitely got taken out for sails, and she didn't even make it off the ground after she got there. Uh, it's just hard to watch. I mean, she could have gone up into the heart room, went over, even if she ran out of time. I would have give her points for trying, but she just didn't. That's why it bums me out. And this is like the top pick of the bad temple runs. As a side note, I, I do have to say the dungeon, which is a season one exclusive room, never had any team successfully retrieve an artifact from it. And I have to say, maybe that's why there are skeletal remains of previous temple contestants there. <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? Why there's skeletons in there? Got a few skeletons in their closet. <laughs> More like in their dungeon. Well, when you're Schneider. Uh, oh, we're oh, off the topic. Yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going there. How many more references can I make to Schneider this episode? Jeez, drink if every time Alex says Schneider. <laughs> I'm just going to start dropping it where it makes absolutely no sense. We're moving on into the top 15. Um, this is going to be the weird, ugly segment. And what I mean by that is that there's some really strange things that you wouldn't necessarily expect during a temple run that happened. Or there's some just really bad things that you feel bad for the temple runners, even though they're actually competent players. Like, they're not actually bad at temple running. They're just like running into a bunch of unfortunate situations and they're really giving it their all. So that's why I had to title it weird slash ugly instead of one or the other. Or did, or does something really, really weird happens that you never see in any other episode? Yeah. Giant green thread monster jumps out and eats all the temple guards and the contestants who would have thought that, huh? And it was in and the swamp. His name was Schneider. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, number 15, <laughs> Before Alex makes us all drunk bastards, what is what is the legend? <laughs> what is the legend here? The legend of the pendant of Kamehameha. Not to be confused with Goku from Dragon Ball Z, because I'm sure you're thinking about that, listeners. Which, listeners, I was. Kamehameha. No, no, you can't. You, no. We're, not even summoning a massive ball of energy is going to save this temple run. Uh, <laughs> this is episode 13, season one, episode 13, and it features the Silver Snakes, Tina and Robbie. And guess what? It's another artifact shown in the spider's lair. Hmm. I wonder if there's something going on with that room, huh? And uh, what happens is, is that they are actually captured with 53 seconds left on the clock. You know, this is just a flat out tragic case. We have two decent players with moderate speed and wits, but luck is just not on their side today. If they simply had gotten through the temple with two full pendants, then they could have stood a fighting chance to get the pendant. Which is ironic, since the artifact is also a pendant. That that pendant's like a white whale tooth 
you, you need one of the gold round <laughs> flat ones that you can buy off of eBay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know those are a thing now? Yeah, they're pretty popular. It actually the just a sidebar here. The team shirts with the yellow helmets and the knee pads and the the workout gloves. That's actually one of the most popular Halloween costumes of 2020. Really? I actually wore one of them too. I was a green monkey for my Nicktober special on Instagram last year. And they sold out with shirts within five days of it turning October. Wow. That's saying something. The nostalgia hits hard when you're in a pandemic locked in your room for a year. But anyways, uh, not not to uh, compare our rooms to the Keys. I mean, you know, Alhambra, which is a prison. This is kind of like the After Dark version of Splat Attack. So just enjoy it however you wish. I'm going to enjoy it with another shot, Snyder. Oh, God. Uh, I'm not drinking. <laughs> so, so what happens is when they get captured... Um, in an unbelievable display of misfortune, despite them having a fighting chance getting to the Tomb of the Ancient Kings, what happens is that the Temple Guard lazily like walks into the Tomb of the Ancient Kings from the previous room, which I think is the dungeon or the mineshaft. I forget which one of the two. And he's like, yep, oh, sorry, missed my cue, missed my shift. Get in here. Come on. I got to take you away. That's what my contract says. And it's just like, come on, you should have. That should have been a gimme as like a free pass because he he dropped the ball there. Oh, somebody else was in there before. She blasts through into the into the uh, into the temple of the uh, silver. Oh, got her. Oh, she ran out of. She didn't have any pendants. She ran out of time. Oh, she can't make it through. Well, that's okay. We, <laughs> woo. She gave it a great great effort. An amazing effort. Here she comes. Oh, it was, it was annoying to see, but funny at the same time because he probably had one too many contestants earlier and he got groggy from eating them. So, you know. I really would have loved to be, been a fly on the wall in that situation because you you know that many of the Temple Guards were production team members. Yeah. Writers and too. And crew and, and, yeah. And you know this had to have been this guy's first attempt at being a temple guard and was probably still there still working but you know he was ragged by the other temple guards when this was over and i would love to have heard oh you are you afraid of children you don't want to go collect children is that it (laughs) yeah right yeah i want to hang out in this deep dank dark well (laughs) because <laughs> that was one of the configurations of the bottom end room. It was either the well, the mine shaft, or the dungeon in season one. So it could have been one of those. I don't remember. But that that's that's why it stood out to me is that, that lazy attempt to end the, the run. And it was just it just took the air out of the room like, oh, man, really? Come on. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They got the short end of the stick, and they were only one room away from the pendant. Sometimes it's just close but no cigar or no pendant in this case. But moving on. To number 14, Olmec, what legend do we have for this spot? The legend of the broken wing of Icarus. This is another Greek mythology-inspired one because, as um, mythology fans know, this is an instance where, like, you know, there's that kid whose father is named Daedalus, made some wax wings that made them fly, and so he flew to hide the sun. The, the wax wings melted because he got too ambitious. He fell into... The water and he either drowned or got eaten by a sea monster this was <laughs> the, the legend more or less glosses over that i'm just throwing it out there because i enjoy mythology since i took seven years of latin in elementary school up until high school greek mythology abridged by Brett yes Wilson. yeah 
Uh, Olmec's legends were were very diverse, even though Olmec is technically either a Mayan or Aztec kind of mythos thing. Uh, maybe even rooted a little bit in Easter Island as well. So I think they're just more concerned with like the the mysterious deep in the jungle kind of history vibes and less about the historical accuracy of some of these. Um, but getting back to the stats, this was episode 78, which was season two, episode 38, near the end of the season. This featured green monkeys, Jason and April. The artifact location was in the heart room. I feel like that's not right. I feel like it would have been in in the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. It's one of the two. Um, you can go back and watch the episode to confirm. But the what happened with their outcome is that they reached the artifact solo, but they actually ran out of time. And what I have to say about that, it more lies on Jason than April. Oh, Jason, so full of hope, yet so disappointing. As a diehard Green Monkeys fan, my heart is broken. This Temple Run moment is a prime example where a fast, simple exit strategy cannot be understated because Jason was set up for a solo win. Like, he almost got there. He almost got through. He had everything going for him. It was a clean path. Uh, and even though he dawdled around the king's storeroom and took the ladder down into the jester's court, which is pretty cool to see because not many people take that shortcut between those two rooms, he unnecessarily backtracked to the observatory and stalled for a moment in the dark forest. Um, but despite all that, he was still he still had plenty of time and he was set up for success to get out for a full grand prize victory. He only encountered one temple guard during his entire run, and he had a clean minute left on his timer upon reaching the artifact. You would have expected a brilliant soul victory here to add to the team's impressive track record, you know, Green Monkeys getting out of the temple in time. But no, nope, 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 nope. Jason made two critical errors because he didn't put enough thought into his exit strategy. On his way out, he performed two inexcusable blunders. One, Jason went down into the room of the Mandarin Hand from the observatory instead of just across the observatory and the pit pits ledges into the crypt. And two, he not only went into the ledges on his way out, which is the most cumbersome of rooms to maneuver, because in season two onward, you also had that slide to climb up out of it instead of just going out the bottom, like in season one when it had the like weird yellow torch temple gates things, and Olmec's head was lower on the ground. But he also got stuck at the bottom of the ledges, causing him precious seconds to return past Olmec's gate. Like, so close that once the clock ran out, as he was right behind Olmec's head, all eyes were on him, glaring daggers of shame. There he goes! He's got it, the broken wing, the doors are open, he's got 54 seconds! Up into the observatory! You gotta keep going, no, keep going! He's going down the matter in hand, go up through now, fast! Heading out to the pit of despair with the broken wing. Oh, he's gonna do it the hard way. He's gonna do it the hard way. Through the ledges. He's a bad kid. It's tough getting through those ledges. Can they get to Sandoval? They've got the single and they got the skateboards. No, it's gonna take you down. Oh my, it's gonna be close. So 
close. Unbelievable. You were just inches away. Oh, he's out of breath. Like, like we said earlier, run across the top. Because all rooms are unlocked and all temple guards vanish upon reaching the artifact, there's the producers are making it as easy as possible for you to get out. So there should be no thinking once you get it. It's like, yep, got the prize. Get out of there like Indiana Jones being chased by a boulder, and you will win. Otherwise, you're going to be screwed. <laughs> Can you imagine being the production team and, and setting it up like with a wrapped bow and then the team botches it so badly that even the production team is like, "I what I it, this was yours. Yeah, like we gave this to right? you. Yeah, it, it just leaves me dumbfounded. He flew too high to get that wing, and it became his downfall. And I kind of wish that they used that unused prize as like a rollover into another episode. I don't know if we can confirm or deny that if they did or not, but that would have been a nice thought to consider because you know even if they didn't give it to this team, at least some team. What should have deserved that. But moving on to lucky number 13, we actually have a repeat. And what do I mean by that? Well, as you've noticed from our other Hidden Temple episode, the war fan of the 47 Ronin, which featured uh, Red Jaguar Joe True, this is actually his episode. 47 Ronin. You know, I'll give it to Olmec. Olmec, what is the legend, even though I just spoiled it? The legend of the war fan of the 47 Ronin. But you knew that, didn't you? But this is uh, episode 83, (laughs) season 3, episode 3. Ooh, all my favorite numbers because I'm into numerology. 13s and 3s are lucky in my realm. Uh, But this is Silver Snakes, Elise and Jeremy. They made it to the temple. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Joe's team, he was on the Red Jaguars. He lost during a tiebreaker, so these guys ended up making it. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about why... Joe shouldn't feel so bad about this temple run. The artifact was located in the quicksand bog, and they actually ran out of time here. And the reason why it makes my list is because it could have been a contender, but one little issue foiled the entire run. You see, there was a door that was locked, but shouldn't have been. It was located between the pit and whatever the bottom shaft was. Oh, this is season three, so it was the Tomb of the Headless Kings. So let me elaborate here. Jeremy cleared an amazing path, but because he was taken out of the temple in the room of secret password, Elise had to retrace his steps. Everything was going smoothly as planned, with plenty of time left on the clock, until she tried to get through the entrance from the pit of the pendulum into the tomb of the ancient uh, headless kings. Jeremy must have kicked it shut because Elise was signaling the crew to do something. Like, literally, do something! It's locked! It shouldn't be locked! I'm trying to win here! With a full 30 seconds later, the door finally opened after a trigger noise delay went off. But by then, it was just just too late for her to do anything once she had reached the same exact spot as her teammates in the room's secret password. Oh, her partner Jeremy kicked the door shut when he passed through, so she's just going to have to push hard. It was a real shame to witness, but a quirky memory nonetheless. And I guess it makes Joe feel better about losing to them because throughout the entire Temple games and even the, the steps of knowledge with with this episode, they were neck to neck and neck. Like, forget all the other teams. They were just background filler. It was all about the Red Jaguars and Silver Snakes the entire time. And they're, they're like literally hairs of seconds away from winning against each other in the Temple games. Yeah. So it, they were two, two strong teams. But in the end, because... Jeremy buzzed in before Olmec could finish the question and just happened to get it right. 
you know, they got through. I, I really wish Joe got through, but, you know, I wished him all the best. And as a consolation prize, I gave him one of my posters featuring Olmec's head. So at least he got that. Yeah, it was it was very much the whole episode blink and you will have seen the two of them already at the finish line at yeah. every single time. And this was another one of those instances in the Temple Run where I wished that the production team would have set it up and let right. them do it again without the technical mishap. But, you know, can't do that. But budget, uh, time-wise, schedule-wise, it was just too tight, and they, would, they I, couldn't I, do it. I really dislike that pattern because I feel like if they were just fair and they didn't have those constraints, you know, let them run twice or three times until they get a decent run where it's their fault and not our fault, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's, that's a disappointing one. Not much as weird as ugly. I guess it's more weird. But um, moving right along to number 12, we have Olmec. The legend of Henry VIII's Great Seal. What's the Great Seal anyways? Well, isn't that like a giant talking uh, circus uh, seal? Uh, uh, uh. No, I think that's in a different episode for an artifact, because they did have some animals in there. Like the, the there's like oh, the they? lucky pig of Amelia Earhart, <laughs> and there's like a little horse and a few other things, but nothing too crazy. What color would the seal be if it was its own color on the uh, game? I would say like ruby or jade. The ruby, the jade seal. Sounds mysterious. And if I was that team member going through the moat, I would be making that obnoxious noise the entire <laughs> through time. The note, through the moat because you're swinging through it like a seal. And Kirk's just trying to keep it together while he's giving commentary. I'd love to see that. I'd pay for it. <laughs> Maybe Kirk can do a, a Patreon or like a Reddit thing where he like goes live and he just falls prey to diehard Legends of the Hidden Temple fans every whim. Uh, this is episode 13, which is season one, episode 13. And we have the team Silver Snakes, Shay and Nick. The artifact location is in the swamp, and it's temple layout 1-4. And the outcome is they are captured slash disqualified with 43 seconds left. And I say I say disqualified because you, you, you just have to see it for yourself. I I mean, the, the image says it all. It's very memorable. Um, this one's actually hilarious to us, but traumatizing for the contestants. As Shay not only was terrified when encountering both temple guards in the cave of size and the heart room with audible screams, like ones you can actually hear cut through the audience clapping and cheering. There she goes into the center of the room, the heart room. Oh, there's another one. Nick's going to have to go now. But her teammate Nick equally got scared, but so much so that he leapt right out of the temple from the Tomb of the Ancient Kings once the temple guard burst through the middle door. And it was like, booga, booga, booga. And he's like, never to return. Eject your seat. Right? Someone hit the eject button on that, uh, that temple production board or whatever with all the knobs and stuff <laughs> that open the rooms and play the sounds. Because uh, clearly that's what happened. <laughs> That fight or flight earlier, oh, he had sore on his. He was gone. Yeah, he should. Airborne. He should have had the broken wings of Icarus because then he actually would have been able to get off the ground and fly above the temple into the moat. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, this this artifact was also located in the bottom room uh, between the tomb of the ancient kings and the, the the central shaft of the temple, which also falls in line with um, the Pendant of Kamehameha in the Cricket Cage of Khan, and I think even the Keys to Alhambra, too. I'm not positive. 
but I find it interesting that like all these routes have such a trouble sometime, like making it over and then down and under with having someone taken out in the room before it. Like, I don't know if that was just like a set strategy that the producers had for like knocking out kids and denying them prizes or whatever. But I thought it was an interesting pattern nonetheless when reviewing these episodes. But moving on to number 11, Olmec. What is our number 11 legend? The legend of the dragon lady and the blue pearl. Oh, this one's ringing up all threes. This is my lucky number. Episode 33 from season one. It features the orange iguanas, which I think is a first on our list. Uh, Albert and Jennifer. And the artifact location is in, guess what? The Holes of Python, which is that same room location in between the Tomb of the Ancient Kings and the bottom central shaft. Go figure. Did I say it was Temple Layout 1-8? No. Well, now you know. <laughs> and <laughs> what happened is we ran out of time. But this is this one made the, the weird ugly section because I think it has to be the most painful instance of any temple run. Yes. Where the contestant runs out of time. Because before reaching the artifact, she is mere inches away from touching it. Like inches. Like when it gets down to the final 10 seconds and she's like struggling to get through that second, that third hole of python... You like want her to just do like an alley oop over it so that she could at least touch the damn pearl when time runs out. But no, she just like hangs out behind on the other side and she's like reaching all of her life as if she's like trying to touch the hand of God in the Sistine Chapel, but she just doesn't make it. It's it's very tragic. Like you want her to win. You want her at least touch it and get the remote controlled car or whatever is the prize for this one. And she doesn't. She times out and she drowns in the pit, <laughs> devoured by the python that's apparently in that in that room. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's a dramatic, the most dramatic ending. It feels like the ending of a horror movie. Whenever they, yeah. when the hero, it seems like they've won, and then there's one fatal mistake that they've made, and then all of their efforts are just for naught, and it's completely ruined, at least for that character. It, it really feels that way with this one, because it, it's... It's right there, and the whole and you're yelling at the TV. Come on, come on, get it, get it. Just yep. move a little bit. You've got five seconds. Move. You got enough time to wiggle. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Stop with the reach and the stretch, and just curl your legs up and straighten them out one more time, and you got it. But I think you should just hear Kirk's reaction here because it it says it all. Oh, oh. She came so close. Oh, just a hand reach away. She did such a great job. Oh, Albert, you did a great job too. Yep, once that timeout goes, that's it. Um, It's actually oddly similar to another temple run featuring the imperial purple robe of Empress Theodora, uh, which is located in the mineshaft from season two. And what happens in that one, just to touch on it lightly, is that you know, that stupid mineshaft well elevator thing takes like a good 30 seconds to go between rooms, which I don't even know why that thing's there. They should just have a ladder. I, I'm actually glad they changed it to like a swirly park slide in season three, because at least you can climb up that yeah. through the Pharaoh's secret passage and get through a little bit faster. But what happens there is um, the, the contestants riding it all the way down and the robe is literally sitting on the corner of the mineshaft elevator frame. And as soon as she like alley oops underneath the the elevator and she turns around to reach it time runs out 
So she's like, if she just grabbed it on her way down instead, at least it would have counted. Close but no cigar, man. Close but no cigar. So moving on with our, we're, we're cracking the top 10 now, but still in the weird, ugly category. Olmec, what is our number 10 legend? The legend of the belly button of Buddha. Ooh, the belly button of Buddha. Yeah, yeah, that's fun to say, isn't it? <laughs> I know Olmec had a fun time saying it. Belly button of Buddha. Belly button of Buddha. Belly button of Buddha. You, you sound like a, a native in the jungle, like a headhunter. Or, or like that uh, that, that mask from yes. Crash Bandicoot, that 90s game. Oh, I love that. Uh, but Belly Button of Buddha is episode 23, season 1. Uh, season 1, episode 23. It's the Blue Barracudas this time with Tony and Jennifer. And the artifact is located in the observatory and has temple layout 1-6. And believe it or not, this is our first victory of the list. Uh, and they have 11 seconds left, too. So plenty of time. Why I made a note of this one is because there are quite a few temple runners named Jennifer and Kim, as, as we mentioned, Broken, Trey, and Poseidon. I, I did note, just as a quick side tangent, that a lot of memorable, unsuccessful temple runs feature a temple runner named Kim. And viewers who view that those episodes on YouTube um, can confirm that, too. So anyways... Back, back to the, the list item. This falls into the weird category for the artifact itself. Like, just look at the thing. It looks like someone literally, like, took a butcher cleaver, chopped off Buddha's stomach, and shoved it on top of the observatory. <laughs> like, what? And it's got, like, this massive, like, emerald jewel, like, at least, like, six inches huge. Maybe eight inches. I don't know. It's, it's big. Yeah, embedded in the belly button. Yeah embedded into it it doesn't even it doesn't even no. look like a belly button it doesn't even look like a belly it just looks like a giant biscuit with a gummy worm stuck inside of it yeah i, I like it I, i'm glad that it's like attached to like a wooden plaque because it's flat on the back if you if you look carefully because otherwise if it was like full of guts i would have i would have hurled right there <laughs> and um this this isn't the first time they've used like body parts or alluded to body parts in um in legends of hen temple I actually have uh, a few other examples that you could refer to if you want to go see those episodes as well. Not quite as memorable, but still interesting nonetheless. So if you want to go check those out, we also have The Stolen Arm of Shiva from Season 1, The Missing Eye of David from Season 2, The Shriveled Hand of Ifua, which I think is 2 or 3, and then everyone's favorite, The Melted Napoleon Head of Madame Tussaud. Um, oh, and yeah, the, the Stone Head of the Evil King. Yeah, there's also the mummified hand of the Egyptian king and uh, the stone head of the evil king, but they're they're kind of more generic. They look like mannequin props, but um, yeah, yeah, that's just like a, a little taste of some of the weirdest artifacts that are in the temple. And I thought I'd mention it because the belly button of Buddha is probably the weirdest of them all to me. So moving right along, we are now at number nine. Uh, Olmec, what is our legend for this entry? The legend of the levitating dog leash of Nostradamus. This is episode 77, season 2, episode 37, and it features the orange iguanas again, this time with Elizabeth and Jason. The artifact location is in the Room of the Secret Password, and it is Temple Layout 2-5. And believe it or not, it's a victory with 14 seconds left. It's, it's an exciting temple run, I'll give you that. Uh, I decided to categorize this one more, though, for weird instead of, like, good, just based on the premise of the artifact. Pardon my language, but... Why the f*** does Nostradamus have a levitating dog leash? <laughs> like, was that dog from... The, he also mentions that the dog was, like, from the Queen of France. Like, what? 
What is this? It's zero from Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't know. I I don't even think you can make the argument for that. I mean, zero is a ghost. I'll get granted, but I, he didn't even have a leash. He just had a collar. <laughs> if it was like a levitating collar, yeah, I'll give it to you. But man, this was like the most contrived episode ever. Like artifact and legend, it just made no sense. Like they clearly did not want to spend time to do research about Nostradamus or like what he could plausibly have as something in the temple that he actually used in real life. That that alone helps make it into this list. But also, I really felt that this was a strong temple run. You know, it was it was a nonsensical artifact because it when you actually look at the thing, it it's like it's got got a wire running through it. So when you hold it up. You know, oh, look, I'm holding up the, the rope and it looks like my dog's sitting in the air. You know, it looks like you found it in a novelty shop. <laughs> it's it's very silly and it looks silly when the contestants were running out of the temple with it. But I really do enjoy this tag team victory for the Orange Iguanas because near the end of their temple run um, and Jason had to like reach across to get the rope to go across the pit because... Uh, for those who don't know, in season two, the pit essentially had some ledges attached to it, and they changed the white styrofoam peanuts to like blue Chuck E. Cheese balls. <laughs> um, he couldn't quite reach it, and instead of just like jumping down to the ledges, which you know would have been a bad move on his part because it would just make it a lot harder for him to get out, he was actually smart enough to use the dog leash itself to rope, reach out, rope around the rope pull it back to him and then swing across all like pitfall style from Atari. And he made it out. I thought that was really clever on his hand because it's not often you see a temple runner think outside the box, especially with the clock ticking and the audience just like putting the pressure on it. Was, I thought it was just ingenious and it, was, it stuck out for me that reason that and the ridiculous legends. And I do have to say as well, um, before I let you give your commentary on it, Alex, is that I, I give bonus points for Elizabeth, his other teammate, uh, for pointing out the missing half of the pendant sitting on the actuator to the Tomb of the Headless Kings. That one's not easy to spot, but because he was able to get it, it ensured the victory. So they worked very well as a team, and I got to give it to them. Yeah, the game is incredibly stressful, and there are certain puzzle elements within the temple that are often fairly simple in concept, but we as an audience don't realize how much stress these kids are in trying to run through this temple, and it can be and often is very, very easy to become overwhelmed, so... To see so many players who have been bested by pick an element. And then to have this young man really be inventive and creative in finding a solution for his problem. It's just pure badass. Heck yeah. He'll go down in my book as one of the greatest Legends players. At least for you being... All right, moving on. This is our last one for the weird ugly category of the top 20. Olmec, what is the legend for number eight? The legend of the mask of Shaka Zulu. Not to be confused with Shaka Khan, although I'm sure they're related somehow. Shaka Khan. <laughs> Shaka Khan. Shaka, 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 Shaka Khan. But this was um, episode 28, which is season one, episode 28. And it features the team, once again, the Red Jaguars. This time with Bobby and Brittany, double Bs. And the artifact location is in one of my favorite rooms, personally, uh, the Tomb of the Ancient Kings. And this is actually a solo victory, believe it or not. 
with a record minute 14 left when they got to the temple gate. I, I mean, I just, I just have to say this. I love this one. But many hate it due to the fact that it's, quote-unquote, a boring victory. Uh, it currently holds the record as fast as Temple Run at 53 seconds, where they reach the artifact, and then out of the Temple within a minute 47 seconds. It was the only time a production error worked in a Temple Runner's favor, since that door would have normally be locked between the, the middle bottom past the central shaft and that room. You know, it's, it's funny because the camera looks away, thinking that, oh, it's a dead end, he'll have to go up or go back, but then you know, cut back to it. And then all of a sudden, poof, Bobby's in there. He has the maps and he's like trying to get out of there as if he's like stealing a, the, a priceless um, painting from like the Louvre. He's just like, got it under his armpit. And he's like, yep, I'm getting the heck out of here. <laughs> no one needs to see this. <laughs> and even Kirk is surprised as you can hear in this clip. Into the mask. He's got the mask. He's got the mask in two minutes and six seconds. All the doors are open. Yeah, yeah, it's dumbfounding, isn't it, Kirk? You know, the best part of this run is is just not due to the, the Red Jaguars' victory because it's one of their earliest ones in the series, and it's also one of my favorite teams, uh, but just Kirk's reaction, as we just heard. You know, no one expected that to happen. Some people consider it cheating or, like, a fake win, which, fine, if you feel that way, but I still think it counts because I like the Red Jaguars, and it's still entertaining to watch. But if you consider it a mulligan, then you can also go with this alternate Red Jaguar solo victory, which happens to be the Ivory Hunting Horn of Roland. And that actually holds the title for a legitimate fastest run, solo or team-wise. Um, but we can talk more about that later. Uh, for now, we're going to jump into the good territory of the list, which means no more disappointments, no more stupid players, no more dead ends or actuators. This is all about the teams who work together or are just powerhouses as solos, get stuff done, and get down to business. And we're going to see some exciting Temple runs here. So with number seven kicking things off, Olmec, what do we have for this spot? The legend of John Sutter and the map to the lost gold mine. That is a very long-winded legend, wouldn't you say, Olmec? <laughs> Could you just say John Sutter's lost gold mine map? Or forget the map, just say it's the lost gold mine. Uh, this is episode eight, season one, episode eight, and features... The Blue Barracudas, Damien and Jennifer. Yet another Jennifer. Hmm. <laughs> the artifact location is in the Tomb of the Ancient Kings, my favorite place. The temple layout is 1-2, and they have a victory with 17 seconds left. But I consider it technically 20. This was an epic run, man. This was truly an epic run. While it was disappointing to see Damien taken out uh, with a 1-2 temple guard punch between the cave of size and the throne room, it was a blessing in disguise because he was taken out by 2 minutes and 35 seconds, which gave plenty of time for Jennifer to continue carving the path to the artifact. You know, it was a, it was a straight shot approach that didn't work this time as the throne room door is locked, um, which forced her to go up into the heart room. However, she was lucky in not only going to the room of the Golden Idols, but avoiding going up further into the observatory, which can be a huge time waster if that door is locked, leading either way. This run emphasized the importance of having two pendants as they encountered all three temple guards here, which were in the Cave of Size, the Throne Room, and the Golden Idols Room. Yet they kept on plowing through all the obstacles no matter what was thrown at them. This was a slow yet steady run where they traversed all but two rooms, which would be the Observatory and the Room of the Three Gargoyles, and once all the doors unlocked with the artifact, 
she clearly made a beeline on the lower path to the entrance, which is not easy to 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 do, but it's still possible. It's just slowing you down with like all those pits there. And it's it's amazing to see whenever slow and steady wins the race, because a lot of times you see players who want to rush, and then they are easily stumped. So even a slow and steady pace can work in your favor as long as you include steady. Uh, the slow isn't going to work if you just flat out stop. Yeah, yeah. I, this is one of the few temple runners who actually followed the general advice of just get out no matter what. Just take a straight path. Don't dawdle. Don't go through all the different rooms. Just get out of there. And I really enjoyed how, you know, despite the fact that she slipped trying to go through the temple gates with 20 seconds left for fearing she'd be disqualified, she still got through. Uh, only to celebrate with a very awkward hug with her partner afterwards. Probably because, you know, she did most of the work and he just kind of got in there and got taken out. So, you know, at least it was a well-earned trip to space camp for her. Not so much for uh, for Damien. But moving on, uh, number six, Olmec. What is our legend for this spot? The legend of the much-heralded helmet of Sir Gawain. Say that ten times fast. Sounds like a tongue twister to me. Uh, this is episode 84. Season 3, Episode 4, and it features, yet again, the Orange Iguanas, this time Tiffany and Jamel. The artifact location is in the Jester's Court, and it's Temple Layout 3-1. And believe it or not, it's a solo victory with 12 seconds left, which is exciting. It's great to see the Orange Iguanas succeed for once, and with a solo victory. You know, they tend to make, make it to the artifact more often than any other team, but they tend to run out of time, despite the popular unbelief that the Purple Parrots are the worst team ever. They're not the worst. I mean, they, they have the fewest uh, entrances or attempts to make it to the temple, but they, they don't have the worst ratio of making it to the temple and then not retrieving the artifact. Theirs is three wins to 11 losses, and I think Orange Iguanas is around like 8 to 25, I believe. Someone can double-check me, but that, that's what I believe it is. So, um, But nonetheless, it's, it's a very interesting run. Uh, it's it's a solo run full of smart moves. There's steady pacing, clever thinking on Tiffany's feet for sure. She used the rope to get to the Chamber of the Sacred Markers. Definitely worked to her benefit there from the pit. Um, also, one of three episodes where the runner does not encounter any temple guards during their run, which makes it all the more impressive. Like zero. Yeah, they were wanting them to win. They deserve the win for that because that's, that's lucky, man. If you could meander through there, even with pendants or out pendants, yeah, it's 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 great to see that, you know, maybe temple guards aren't as vicious all the time. Maybe they're just tired out. They were all in a break room. Yeah. Um, I also do have to note that the broken trident of Poseidon should take a note from this episode because this is how you do it right in terms of getting out of the temple with the artifact. This is one of the largest artifacts that has ever been on the show, right up there with Babe the Ox's nose ring and the milk bucket of Freitas and the jeweled scabbard of Sforza. You know, when you have something that bulky and cumbersome you have to get out that doesn't really, like, conform or contort, like, say, a cloth artifact, um, you definitely have to, like, be wary of how you, like, shove it through the holes when you're climbing through the different doors and whatnot and not just drop it. Um, so, yeah, take a note from this. It was, it was a great episode. Um, it would have been great to see J- Jamil participate but he definitely put in his fair share of effort in the Temple Games. So Tiffany makes up for her first Temple 
game loss here by the solo victory. And I do have to note that this is the first ever Season 3 win and the first ever Season 3 solo win. So kudos to them for checking all their boxes there. Moving right on into the top five. Olmec, what do we have here? The legend of the jewel-encrusted egg of Catherine the Great. Believe it or not, this is episode 120, which is season three, episode 40, mar marking the series finale. I almost said episode forte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, season three, episode 40, the series finale. Um, and this is the Red Jaguars again, Kristen and Chris, one of my favorite teams. The artifact location is in the Room of the Ancient Warriors and is Temple Layout 3-1. And this is a victory with a healthy 24 seconds left. And I, I just got to say, man, what a way to go out with a bang. I really love this one. Heck, I love this entire episode, not just the Temple Run, but the games, the contestants, everything was just great. Something about it being the final episode just really put everyone in a great mood and like gave it their all despite the green monkeys not getting not getting anywhere because they got knocked out first at the moat i still i still appreciate that at least one of my teams made it because i'm <laughs> team green monkeys and red jaguars but what made this run exciting is the entire presentation leading up to it you know there there are more creative camera positions than usual where the cameraman would show a first person perspective going up the stairs to the crypt or my favorite where he would chase Kirk Fogg across the stage, causing him to dive headfirst into the pit of the pendulum, into those blocky flown blocks. You know, maybe maybe that little move was foreshadowing of Chris's decision on how to enter the temple. It was a lot of fun, however you look at it. But if that wasn't enough, you had a powerhouse team of two fast-footed, fast-thinking players who kept plodding through every obstacle with ease here. Despite Chris getting taken out early on, Kristen quickly adapted from the path he carved up to the Tomb of the Headless Kings, it's very smart of her to take the Shrine Forest shortcut, then escape across the top with blinding speed. You know, I, I just loved every moment of it, knowing that among my two favorite victories, the first episode and last episode aired feature my two favorite teams. She's got the egg! She's gonna make it! She's gonna make it! She's gonna make it! She's got it! Yeah! She got it! She's got it! But with that said... Uh, Olmec, what do we have for the number four spot? The Legend of Galileo's Cannonball. What do you use a cannonball for? I thought Isaac Newton was trying to figure out gravity. <laughs> well, as long as Queen is serenading along with, then it should be a pretty epic run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was episode three, season one, episode three. And it features, yet again, the Silver Snakes. Jennifer, oh, another Jennifer, and Jam and John. The artifact location was in the mineshaft, and this is Temple Layout 1-1. So this is a very, very fresh episode recorded early on in the season and the first temple configuration. Pretty cool. This was a team victory, and they got out with one second left, which was pretty damn awesome. It was a nail-biter right to the very end. Uh, I just have to say that, you know, Galileo's Cannonball is an incredible run. And to see it as early as Episode 3 really sets the tone for what could happen in the series when a team with unrelenting determination succeeds. This is a great tag team effort here with Jennifer making a clear path up to the Shrine of Silver Monkey for Jam and John to blaze through, uh, then to take the elevator ride down into the mineshaft. Although it slowed him down like a little bit, like maybe 20 seconds, that's expected because, you know, you can't speed up that elevator. But once he got that cannonball, man, did he blaze through with 45 seconds left on the clock. While, while she encountered a little hesitation with a locked door to the swamp by almost going into the double doors where the temple guards emerged from, 
She quickly composed herself and continued swiftly into the heart room and immediately across above the upper floor, carving a path for John. Also, kudos to uh, her for just hitting the actuary to get into the Shrine of the Silver Monkey versus hugging an idol to go back down into the swamp. Love John's hustle once it's his turn. Dives right into the pit, doesn't even bother with the torches in the torture room, and makes it makes the clever decision to go immediately back up into the Shrine of Silver Monkey to backtrack super fast. Despite dropping the cannonball on his way out of the cave of size, John valiantly escapes with just one second left and immediately launches the cannonball in celebration. Truly epic. Side note, this is only one of two episodes that had Temple Layout 1 in Season 1. The other being Wild Bill Hickok and the Dead Man's Hand, which also had an artifact in the same location, albeit the dungeon instead of the mineshaft. Ironically, the team won a telescope for retrieving the artifact here. Go figure. Yeah, there is no victory that is nearly as awesome to experience as those nail biters where it's just one second left on the clock. Yeah, had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, back then and even revisiting it for a watch party I did last year, it was still exciting down to the wire. He's got the cannonball. Now he's got to find his way back. There he goes. He goes up the mine shaft, back into the torch room. Oh, he's heading into the shrine of the silver monkeys. He's in the shrine. He's got to find his way back with 30 seconds left into the center of the... Up to the observatory. Uh Uh-oh. Could cost him some valuable time. And he's heading for the pit of despair. What will he do? Despairing pit. Into the pit he goes. He's got 14 seconds. Will he make it? She's going to be close. Here he goes. Six, five, four, three. There he goes. You got the cannonball. You did it. You're going to get all the prizes. You're going to take the telescope. You're going to take everything. You're going to the Bahamas. Check us out next time. But moving on, we're now in the top three of the best, most memorable temple runs. Uh, Olmec, what is at our number three spot? The Legend of Lawrence of Arabia's Headdress. One of my personal favorites. This is episode 37, season one, episode 37. This uh, featured the green monkeys, Candace and David, and the artifact location was in the holes of Python in Temple Layout 1-9. And this was another nail-biter with a team victory with one second left. And it's kind of interesting to think how so many episodes at the bottom of our list had artifacts in this room, yet the top also has artifacts in this room. Hmm. Maybe it just comes down to skill, huh? And pure luck being able to get there. Uh, This was the perfect bookend to my number five pick. And uh, while it technically is episode 37 of the series, I think it was just 37th one produced uh, because I definitely remember this being the first one aired on Nickelodeon when it premiered. I think September 9th, 1993, if I remember correctly. Um, Because I tuned in for it. I saw all the commercials leading up to it while I was watching Rocco's Modern Life. It's a very vivid memory from my childhood. (laughs) So yeah, this this was the first one that aired on Nickelodeon. And it was the beginning of my love affair with my favorite team and one of my favorite game shows on Nickelodeon. It was a narrow one-second win ensured by David, who hauled ass out of the cumbersome holes of Python by going above. Both players were fast and quick-witted, and it probably helped that they were both tall teenagers too, so that they can easily traverse these rooms without too much trouble or fumbling. If they had started in the room of the Royal Gongs or head stage left from the observatory, that could have saved them some time, but who cares? As long as they got out, that's all that matters. 
Plus, last-second wins are almost always most savory to witness. Yes. Overall, I love the Legends, love the Temple games, and love the run. It was just such an amazing episode to start out with the series on TV, so much so that you know, it began my recurring dreams of doing my own Temple runs just like him as a glorious green monkey. That's probably why I ended up getting that costume last year. Side note, this was one of the very few instances in Season 1 where we see both the Room of the Fallen Columns and the Treasury of the Golden Orbs both used in a temple layout together. Um, Normally, we see the Heart Room, which is just the empty version of the Room of the Fallen Columns in Season 1, but for some reason, they like to throw that in there for extra difficulty because they're essentially like foam, like these, these long cylinders that are like punching bags that they just pile in there for some reason. And then the golden orbs, uh, the gimmick there is you just take an orb and you kind of match it to the right pedestal. But most of the times, either people press them down like the golden idols room or just bypass it altogether. It was a kind of a problematic, clunky gimmick, but, you know, it looked cool. Now he's got to grab the headdress. Can he get to it? He's got it. He's got 27 seconds. Can he make it? He's got to swim. He's got to climb. It's going to take all of his strength. He knows he's got to do it. He's got 18 seconds. All right, moving on to number two. Olmec, what do we have for this spot? The Legend of the Milk Bucket of Freitas. This is episode 75, season two, episode 35, and it features the team of the Purple Parrots, Tara and Chris. We don't hear from them too much, and I think this is the only entry by them for the 20 most memorable temple runs. The artifact location is in the observatory and is temple layout 2-5. And believe it or not, this was a solo victory by Tara with just one second left. Another nail-biter. Go figure. You know, she's the littlest girl with the biggest heart as you see this episode as she valiantly conquers the dreaded temple on her own. While she moved at a fairly even pace, starting out quick, meandering a little bit in the middle, and then getting out quick, it's still engaging to watch her conquer the run on her own, even with one of the biggest artifacts that the show ever had. Even better, it's one of only two Purple Parrots victories, the other being the Metal Beard of the Egyptian King. Notable moments from her run include one of the fastest assemblies of the Silver Monkey I have ever seen, along with a leap of faith across the pit that resulted her landing flat on her face and then getting the massive milk bucket broken, then stuck in the port of the hole leading to the ledges. Man, even with all that going against her, it was still amazing to see her leap out in sheer victory and joy as she greeted her partner is one of the more entertaining legends among the artifact based stories. And it really surprises me that going through these 20 episodes, there really weren't that many contestants who struggled with the silver monkey. Uh, Cause I remember as a kid really getting frustrated with the silver monkey room and it's only three pieces. Like so many other people who've, <laughs> who've commented on Facebook and social media and things like that. But there really weren't that many, even on the, the weird runs and the ugly runs, the the most memorable ones, there really wasn't that many struggles with the silver monkey. And I didn't know 
because you you had given me this list mm-hmm. and I didn't look at what was good, what was bad, and what was weird. I just got the names, wrote them down, and then watched them to get objective third party uh, comments. Mm-hmm. And when she, I didn't know this was a winner. The the moment when she got into the silver monkey room, and because she's so small in stature, I was thinking, oh no, this is this is gonna end badly. Mm-hmm. The, nope, that went completely proved me wrong. I was like, what are you? Wow, that was fast. Yeah, I think she like grabbed all the pieces at once and just stacked them one on top of each other super quick. It's like one of those underdog stories. You can't help but feel all the love for her and her teammate because she really gave it her all. And, you know, even though she was small in stature, um, she she used that her, to her advantage maneuvering through all those obstacles. She has fond memories of it, too, because I actually caught her commenting in the YouTube comments of um, the temple runs that I watch on YouTube. There's this channel. Really? There's this channel from a Red Jaguar na- uh, labeled like Nushmut. 2000 it has like a red jaguar shirt emblem on the channel page and um yeah she's still talking with people over the the artifact i think um the guy who leapt out of the temple for henry the eighth seal he he left a story on the king's um the king's storeroom website uh for people to read if they want to dig a little deeper for that to like hear hear his what was going through his head when he went through the temple run and everything leading up to that with like the producers and getting ready and all that stuff But before we reveal our number one most memorable temple run for this episode, here's a quick recap of all the ground we've covered so far in this trek through most memorable temple episodes. Number 20, the dried apple half of William Tell, Green Monkeys. Number 19, Blackbeard's Treasure Map, Red Jaguars. Number 18, the Golden Cricket Cage of Khan, Silver Snakes. Number 17, The Broken Trident of Poseidon, Silver Snakes. Number 16, The Keys to the Alhambra, Red Jaguars. Number 15, The Pendant of Kamehameha, Silver Snakes. Number 14, The Broken Wing of Icarus, Green Monkeys. Number 13, The Warfan of the 47 Ronin, Silver Snakes. Number 12, Henry VIII's Great Seal, Silver Snakes. Number 11, The Blue Pearl of the Dragon Lady, Orange Iguanas. Number 10, The Belly Button of Buddha, Blue Barracudas. Number 9, The Levitating Dog Leash of Nostradamus, Orange Iguanas. Number 8, The Mask of Shaka Zulu, Red Jaguars. Number 7, John Sutter and the Map to the Lost Gold Mine, Blue Barracudas. Number 6, The Much Heralded Helmet of Sir Gawain, Orange Iguanas. Number five, the jewel-encrusted egg of Catherine the Great, red jaguars. Number four, Galileo's cannonball, silver snakes. Number three, Lawrence of Arabia's headdress, green monkeys. Number two, the milk bucket of Freitas, 
purple parrots. And the number one most memorable Hidden Temple run of Legends of the Hidden Temple is... The Legend of the Lucky Pillow of Annie Taylor. Da 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 da! I thought we left you back in the Nick Jr. episode. (laughs) Uh, This is episode 56, season 2, episode 16. This features the team Blue Barracudas, Missy and John, and the artifact location is in the Medusa's Lair. This is Layout 2-2, and believe it or not, this is a solo victory with a healthy 20 seconds left. And I just have to say, man... This is one of two temple runs ever to have a team successfully retrieve the artifact from the center of the temple and get out within the three minutes, let alone a solo run. Despite Missy being super anxious throughout the entire show taping, she balled up her nerves and busts forth like a wrecking ball, barreling through every single room with blinding speed. With only one pennant earned from the temple games, clearly she didn't need the second, as Missy only encountered just one temple guard via the Tomb of the Ancient Kings. Very smart of her to use the Forest Shrine shortcut and just continue through the top to escape the temple too. She was so overjoyed by the time she got out that she was crying. And even Kirk was touched by her underdog victory as all three of them shared a heartfelt hug. car, the Magnavox VCR, the Bahamas Resort Vacation. We're out of here. See us next time for another great legend of the Hidden Temple. Bye-bye. Missy earned every bit of that victory, and as a result, it's my favorite episode ever. Now that her nerves are gone, she can enjoy her trip to Jamaica. Helmets off to you for being the most legendary contestant at Legends, Missy. Side note, this is the only other time the artifact was ever retrieved from the center of the temple in a victory was season three's the muscle shell armor of Apunugpak featuring Gator of, uh, I believe the green monkeys. There's been a story that's been floating around that the, that there was a contestant who had gotten sick probably, probably from nerves. Now we don't have confirmation, but I'm fairly certain that this was the contestant who got sick and then they cleaned up as yep. much as they could. So, it, I mean, it, Yes, you can tell that she was anxious during the whole run, uh, not just the temple run, but the whole episode. But to know that she had overcome her nerves after having to try her second attempt, it just makes the win that much more awesome. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk mentioned it before in some past podcast interviews that she puked in the pit of the pendulum and they had to stop taping right then and there to clean all the all the foam and stuff. And once they got it rolling again, she was still feeling kind of uneasy and she almost didn't go through with it all. But thankfully she did because it was like one of the most exciting temple runs I've ever seen. Even with all the other great ones too, that we've listed, like out of all of them, if there's only one episode I have to watch out of all 120 of them, it's gotta be this one. It's very satisfying for all the reasons we've mentioned. Um, but before we go, we're not gonna, we're not gonna wrap up, um, our 20 most memorable temple runs list just yet. We have a few honorable mentions to make because, you know, with 120 episodes, there's still a few pretty good episodes worth remembering. 
even if they don't quite make our criteria. So if you're interested in revisiting any of these, definitely go find them out wherever you can, either on Paramount Plus. Um, I think there's some on YouTube or Daily Motion. You know, mm-hmm. find some VHS tapes of ones that people recorded. You know, whatever you can get your hands on. Uh, definitely weigh in, uh, Slimesters and Gakoids, what some of your favorite temple runs are, because we'd love to hear what ones stick out with you. These are just ones that stuck out to me. Interact with us. We're, we're curious because there's got to be at least a few other diehog temple fans out there that listen to this. But moving on to our honorable mentions, uh, we have just a few of them here. Uh, I also sorted these by like good, bad, weird, and whatnot. So for the honorable mentions, we have the enormous iron nose ring of Babe the Ox. This was from season two and it features the silver snakes. And here, I just have to say, Joel was a beast. He plowed through the entire bottom floor in record speed, encountered zero temple guards, technically dodged a dark force spirit when he did this, booked it out of there with 50 seconds to spare. As flawless of a solo victory as it gets. My only nitpick is that he chose to go down the central shaft and out the ledges instead of staying on the high road. But man, you gotta admire this man's hustle. Uh, We also have the metal beard of the Egyptian queen from season three. And as I mentioned before, um, this is uh, Purple Parrot's victory, the only other one uh, besides the milk bucket of Freitas. Oh, and also the snakeskin boots ability of the kid from season two. So those are the only three victories they ever had in the entire series run where they got the grand prize and got the artifact out. Uh, it was a straightforward yet satisfying run. Uh, well, until Randy took her un- unconventional escape route, thus earning her the accomplishment of entering all 12 rooms during her one with TJ, but it was still notable nonetheless. Just on the fact that why does an Egyptian queen have a metal beard? Can someone explain that to me? <laughs> Uh, I I think Olmec covers it in the legend, but it's been a while since I've seen this one. Uh, But moving right along, we also have the Muscle Shell Armor of Apanukpak, which we mentioned before uh, when we listed our number one. And I almost put this one on the list, but I chose to leave it off due to the number one pick being super similar, but just having a little more oomph to it uh, with the same season layout, but from a different season. All I can say about this one is, go Gator, go! Look at him go! Is one of the fastest male temple runs runners ever. <laughs> he and Joel are like tied for fastest. And and my next one as well, the Ivory Hunting Horn of Roland from season three, uh, which was a Red Jaguars run, depending on if you count Shaka Zulu as the fastest or not. This one was a solo victory uh, at a minute, 11 seconds. Um, it was uh, fastest female contestant ever. Also the fastest uh, person of color contestant because she was African-American and uh, one of the best season three runs, which didn't quite have as many as the other two seasons. So this almost made my list, but I had the, I had the split hairs for this. This, w- this would have been a contender. As for uh, other odd mentions for ones that didn't quite make the weird ugly tier, I have the treasure of Anne Bonnie from season one. It was a disappointing loss given the way Ron took uh, to get out of the artifact when there is an easier alternative path open. Uh, The treasure chest was also seen as a decoration, uh, albeit open instead of being closed, uh, in the stage right shelf of the Shrine of Silver Monkey throughout season one. So I thought that was really interesting and I noted it for that reason. Uh, There's also the lucky medallion of Atocha from season two for another odd mention. It was an orange iguana solo victory ensured by Ty's partner, Jennifer. Yet again, Jennifer, what is it about Jennifer winning and Kim losing <laughs> in the show? So what, so what happened here that was like cool in, in the odd mention is that Jennifer threw back uh, Ty's pendant to him 
from outside the temple to him in the ledges so that he could continue after a temple guard catches him there. And I think that's just badass because, like, she got it in there, he caught it, and they kept moving without Kirk even knowing. So that was the Lucky Medallion of Atocha from Season 2. And then we also have the Lucky, I mean, uh, the Jeweled Necklace of Montezuma from Season 2. It's that episode where the player in the Shrine of the Silver Monkey drops one of the pieces while putting it together, and the Temple Spirit actually throws it back up to him so that he can finish it and continue with the Temple Run. Too bad their blunder cost him precious time as it ran out in this room, but I think that's one of the only instances where they actually dropped a Silver Monkey piece out of the Temple. Uh, concluding with the dishonorable mentions, we have the Lost Hammer of John Henry from Season 1. These contestants are slow and confused, hitting many dead ends, and they don't really get that far. I think they only cover like four rooms. It's just, it's annoying. I mean, it, it pretty much tied the the other silver snake one on the bottom of our list, so. Also, Elizabeth, the first golden ship from season one, where the Red Jaguars had their quickest loss in the show history with a minute 29 left on the clock. Blink and it's over. Rough, man, rough. And then finally, for our last dishonorable mention, we have the Golden Pepperoni of Catherine de Medici from Season 2. There's there's a fast forward runner here matched with a slow, dim-witted back runner. And unfortunately, that combination makes for a miserable time. It's one of the only instances where a contestant makes it to the room where the artifact is and then passes it going down the mineshaft, running out of time. It was just an epic fail. Um, I forgot what team this one is doesn't matter <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth watching yeah that's our list hope you guys enjoyed it i know this episode is a little bit longer and a little bit different than what we typically do on spot attack but i hope you guys enjoy this deep cut as we celebrate the reboot of legends of the hidden temple but before we go i have a final question for alex yes if you were to add or change anything from the show the original show's format for the reboot what would you do and why I would do two things uh, because this is for adults now. So I would keep the silver monkey, but I would make it additional pieces. So instead mm -hmm. of doing three pieces, maybe like five. Okay. And I would increase the scale of everything mm. as in as in the size of it. Uh, so that way you're still running through it as if you were uh, an 11-year-old and everything is still the scale of you being 11 years old. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much right there with you. I, I would definitely add a third floor on top of everything. So like the observatory would be in the fourth floor, and then everything else would be a third floor, second floor, first floor. Um, and then add five minutes on the clock to account for that extra space so it's actually like achievable and not so brutal that yep. not even the producers can run through it in time. Definitely agree with you there. Um, Silver Monkey. Kind of iconic with just three pieces, but I can understand why you would want to um, make it more pieces or maybe change the way the pieces interact because I know yeah. that that rod sticking out of the monkey's head did give people a lot of trouble when they tried to put it together, like how it wouldn't fit right. But also, to make things interesting, I would actually add a seventh team, you know, moving right along with the cool colors they had. Um, I, would, I would make a team called the Magenta Meerkats. The Jade Seal. You want the Jade Seal? Er, er, er. How about the turquoise seals? I don't think they use turquoise or teal yet for a uh, team color. And then they can't use yellow because that's already used for the animals on the shirts. Trying to think of, try, I was trying to think of something that would go with turquoise, but I can't think of anything. I mean, turquoise and head. magenta work. You can go with cyan or aqua. <laughs> um, maybe mauve 
like the mauve storm from hey arnold <laughs> the mauve panthers um pewter pewter pumas <laughs> reminds me of puma man from uh mr science Theater oh, 3000 gosh, yes. <laughs> yes but before we get off track here um yeah, that was our that was our twenty most memorable temple runs: the good, the bad, and the ugly slash weird. What are some of your favorite ones, uh, slimesters and gacoids? Let us know on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, we're we're at Splat Attack Podcast on Instagram. We're also you can reach us at Brett Wilson Art and True Nineties Nickelodeon. We love hearing from you guys, uh, just to see what your take is on these episodes that we do for you. You can also email us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com if you want to uh, write to us any more in-depth things or suggestions for future episodes or just want to say hi. doesn't matter to us. Always happy to hear from you guys. Yes. And also feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. May not Tell seem- us how drunk you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> after all the Schneiders, after oh all the God. Schneider shots, how drunk are you? If someone writes, if someone writes a review on Apple Podcast saying we need more Snyder's for our temple runs, I will know exactly what they're talking about, and I'm glad they actually listened to this episode because of that. So yes, yes, if you want to show us some love, take like five minutes to write a review and tap five stars. That would help us out a lot. It help us get more notice, more traction, and you know, grow as a podcast. We want to keep making episodes as long as we can for you guys. Let's uh, head on out from this jungle. Olmec, thank you for guest hosting today. Appreciate you rattling off those uh, temple legends for us. And, temple uh, titles. No thanks to Kirk because he didn't show up today. Jerk. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe he's lost in the jungle. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we'll see you next time, Slimesters. We're going to get out of here, and we'll catch you next time for another legend on Splat Attack. Slime you later. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What do we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. Oh,